welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction to cigarettes, alcohol, or heroin, our break-free meditations can help. To learn more, please visit livinghour.org slash breakfree. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Concentration and Meditation by Shami Paramanando. Published in 1921. We all possess the faculty of concentration, but with the majority it is instinctive and automatic, not conscious. Even among the animals we see how a lion or a tiger will gather their strength by a moment of absolute stillness before they spring upon their prey. That automatic, instinctive power of concentration is embedded in every living creature. But until we can gain conscious command over our mental and spiritual forces, we can never have complete concentration. When the scattered mind is gathered together, it is like a bright searchlight and by it we are able to investigate the latent powers which we possess, but of which we are not now wholly aware. And as we grow more conscious of these hidden forces, and learn how to use them, we become more and more proficient with them. We never wish to be defeated, and yet how often our strength of mind, or our physical capacities, prove inadequate. It is because we have not the full and conscious possession of our whole being. We cannot achieve much unless we have free use of our hands and feet, free use of our eyes and ears, free use of our muscles, and above all, free use of our mind and intelligence. But how many of us have the free use of all of these? When we would make use of them, we find them hopelessly scattered and rebellious to our will. The cause of this does not lie in any inherent lack of power, but in our inability to coordinate and in our lack of a definite singular purpose. We miss the mark because we do not set our aim properly. Once in ancient India, there was a tournament held to test marksmanship in archery. A wooden fish was set up on a high pole, and the eye of the fish was the target. One by one, many valiant archers came and tried their skill, but in vain. Before each one shot their arrow, the teacher asked them what they saw, and invariably all replied that they saw a fish on a pole, at a great height, with head, eyes, etc. But Arjuna, as he took his aim, said, I see the eye of the fish, and he was the only one who succeeded in hitting the mark. A similar incident is given by the Chinese sage Chuang Tzu, who spoke of a man who forged swords for the minister of war. Although 80 years of age, 
he never made the slightest slip in his work. The minister of war said to him, Is it your skill, sir, or have you any method? It is concentration, replied the man. When twenty years old, I took to forging swords. I cared for nothing else. If a thing was not a sword, I did not notice it. I took advantage of whatever energy I did not use in other directions in order to secure greater efficiency in the one direction required. Concentration means wholeness, unity, equilibrium. The hands, feet, mind, all our members and faculties must be unified. They must all work in harmony, in tranquility and balance. Balance is needed everywhere in life. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that the person who is moderate in eating and recreation, moderate in their efforts in work, moderate in sleep and wakefulness, destroys all misery. What does this mean? It means that the person who goes to extremes is a slave of impulse. They are not the master. They lack balance. And a lack of balance means a lack of strength. And without strength, no great work can be accomplished. However, if we practice moderation or equilibrium, even in our most ordinary daily tasks, we shall see how steady will be our gain in concentration. The practice of moderation necessitates a certain amount of self-discipline. The Hindus call this tapas, which literally means fire or heat, and they believe that unless this fire of self-discipline is lighted, in order to burn to ashes all the impurities and limitations of our system, spiritual illumination will be impossible. But here too extremes must be avoided. Often people through misunderstanding or overenthusiasm torture and strain themselves in the hope of advancing more rapidly, but they defeat their own end. Excessive struggle or penance is as harmful as self-indulgence. The purpose of all discipline is to make our constitution more enduring, more adaptable, and more responsive. Body and mind must be made wholly obedient to the will and independent of external circumstances. The person who is a slave to physical comforts should gradually eliminate all that is superfluous and train themselves to be content with the basic necessities. Anyone who finds it difficult to overcome physical lethargy and rise early in the morning should drag themselves out of bed by sheer force of will. One who is inclined to overeating should by degrees reduce the quantity of their food. A person who has the habit of talking unnecessarily should practice stillness by persistent control of all useless motions.
Such practices not only increase our power of concentration and meditation, but do much to improve our bodily health and make us happier in every way. The mind falls naturally into three general states. The dull state, the overactive or scattered state, and the calm centered state. These states are innate in every living being and manifest in the human mind as the subconscious, the conscious, and the superconscious. The first quality is that of darkness, inertia, heaviness, the brute state. When the mind is overcome by this quality, it lacks in power to differentiate between right and wrong and is easily carried away by lower animal passions. The second quality is that of excessive ambition, egotism, arrogance, and discontent. When this quality is in ascendancy, a person is consumed by feverish unrest and an irresistible desire to multiply possessions and to entangle themselves more and more in external undertakings. Their energies are scattered and often wasted. No matter how much they achieve, they are never satisfied, for the flame of their desire rises with each gratification as a fire fed by fresh fuel. With the third quality, the superconsciousness. The mind grows collected, serene, and illumined. This is the fitting state for spiritual attainment. In order to reach it, the condition of dullness or inertia must be conquered by stimulating all the physical and mental activities. Then these activities must be regulated and directed until they are focused. The subconscious must be brought into complete subjection to the conscious, and the conscious must be expanded into the superconscious. This is the natural process for acquiring the power of concentration and meditation. Meditation is inseparable from concentration. When the mind has gained its full strength through singularity, it naturally becomes meditative. Often the mind is compared to a lake. If the surface is absolutely smooth, with not a ripple, then we can see clearly what lies beneath. Similarly, when our mind becomes calm, when the wind of uncontrolled desire does not constantly create ripples over the surface of it, then the image of our true nature is not broken and we obtain a perfect reflection of what we are in reality and what our relation is with the Supreme Intelligence. We are constantly hoping that someone else may give us knowledge and happiness, but that is not possible. These can only come from within. What we need is to be active spiritually. As we go on living our outer life, we must devote some time each day to making our mind introspective 
so that we may develop our subtler powers of perception. In all investigations, certain instruments are necessary. As we see scientists inventing finer and finer instruments for their research. For spiritual observation, we need a form of mind which can discern the subtler things that are imperceptible to our ordinary sense faculties. The concentrated mind is such an instrument, and the only one fitted for higher research. It is like a focused light. We know that when light is dissipated, we cannot see well, but when the scattered rays are brought together by the help of a shade or reflector, then everything grows distinct. So will the hidden powers of the universe be revealed to us when through determined and steadfast practice we gather up the present forces of our mind which is now weak only because it is disorganized and divided. We must not remain content, however, with the lower forms of concentration. These may bring us physical health, prosperity, or success, because concentration always gives power. But even though we acquire more wealth, greater honor, or increased bodily strength, we shall find that one part of our being still remains unsatisfied in spite of all our worldly acquisitions. Never will it be content until we awaken and begin to work for our higher development. Such work should not be regarded as selfish, because all human beings are bound together. And as we unfold our spiritual nature, we cannot fail to benefit others. The same life runs through and through everywhere, and it is only the person who can seize hold of that subtle spiritual being, hidden in every heart, who will know how to solve the riddle of human existence for themselves, and be able to render lasting help to their fellow citizens. That person alone lives happily and fearlessly. Now we are fearful because so many things are hidden from us. We fear the future because we do not know what the future may bring. We fear death because we are not sure what may come after. For this reason, we must learn to focus the mind and turn it within. Then, by its brilliant light, we shall understand all things and attain the vision of truth. The purpose of meditation is to gain that vision. We must not stop until we have seen by direct perception our true self and our relation with the Supreme. That must be the purpose of all our spiritual practice. When the mind becomes fixed on the Supreme Being, when through meditation we are united with that power, then we shall have fullness of vision. This is that superconscious state known as Samadhi. As we concentrate on that which is all light, the darkness of the mind and body will vanish away.
for what we constantly think upon that we become. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Learn how our Majesty Meditation Program can help you achieve greater mindfulness, abundance, happiness, and more. Visit livinghour.org slash majesty and use the coupon code INSPIRATION for a 30% discount. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.